The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Lynette's Shrimp House, located in Highland Park. It's Metro Detroit's premier destination, serving juicy fried shrimp, fish, and wings, alongside soul food sides and new additions to the menu, like turkey tacos and desserts. Located at 13548 Woodward in Highland Park, just north of the Davison, Lynette's is open for takeaway, noon to 8, Tuesday and Thursday, noon to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, and noon to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Call now, get some Lynette's. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Thank you very much for being with me today. And if you're a regular listener to this program or watcher of this program, you know that I like to keep you up to date on interesting things that are happening in Lansing or when strange things are afoot at the state capitol. And this is an instance today where I think that uh, that fits the bill. Uh, There is a new bill being introduced right now, and uh, it, it is something called House Bill 5086. Now, it's it's very strange in that this is one of those bills where the science may not match up with the reality of what it is they're trying to do in this bill. Uh, There was a great article about it in um, MichiganAdvance.com. By the way, if you want to know what's happening in Lansing and at the state capitol, MichiganAdvance.com is a fantastic place to go because they're covering a lot of stuff that other people don't necessarily touch. Reporter Allison Donahue of the Michigan Advance is with me today. Hello. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, I read this story on your site a couple of days ago. I think it was posted on Monday. Um, And it got me thinking about this because I understand the intent of this. And and again, this is an abortion bill, abortion-related bill, reproductive rights, uh, you know, related bill here um, that seems somewhat innocuous. But in reality, um, your story and your reporting suggests that it may force doctors to lie to patients. And I think what I want to do here is start out by just talking about what this bill would do. There are a few different things in here, including like a fetal heartbeat notification section. But in reality, it is this medicated abortion reversal clause that is really sort of causing some consternation in Lansing. So, so exactly what is it they're trying to suggest can happen here? Yeah, so... It's a little complicated because it's medical and everything medical is a little complicated, but the bill would require physicians to tell pregnant people who are looking to get an abortion about the um, option of abortion pill reversal. So that's if you're getting a medical abortion, which is a two-step, two-pill abortion method. Um, It would be after the first pill, but before, or you wouldn't take the second pill instead um, you would get a influx of progesterone, which um, the first pill blocks the progesterone, um, your body from producing that. So, um, but there's been studies. Um, one, the best one, uh, according to Dr. Rob Davidson, Rob Davidson, who is a West Michigan physician, um, he said this was the closest one to being medically sound, but they had to stop it early because um, the study showed it was too dangerous for women. Um, Women were three women were hospitalized for excessive bleeding and hemorrhaging um, because of the study. Well, yeah. And and let's talk about this for just a second, because Mm -hmm. they are suggesting that you can safely reverse 
uh, this procedure after the first pill by giving this progesterone. And that basically so and I hate to use this phrase, but it's almost like the buyer's remorse bill. You take the first pill, you change your mind, they give you this progesterone uh, and you can then go on with your pregnancy. But uh, again, the medicine does not support that at this time. You point out in your story that a study at UC Davis had to be canceled because it was causing harm to the patients. And so that we don't have any evidence to suggest that this actually works, even though the language in the bill says it does. Yeah, and that's what doctors are really nervous about. Um, I talked with uh, Dr. Sarah Wallet with Planned Parenthood, uh, the chief medical officer there, and she said it would force her to lie to her patients because she isn't she doesn't know if she believes in the science there. She doesn't know that it's completely safe because studies haven't been able to prove that it's effective or safe. Um, so yeah, doctors are nervous that this would require them to tell their patients about something that they don't know would be safe for their patients. And and exactly. And so they don't know if it's safe yet. The the bill is saying that doctors would have to inform their patients who choose this option for abortion, uh, about this possibility of them changing their mind midway through the process. Um, and again, as they point out, there isn't the science yet to suggest that that's real, but this is not stopping these bills from passing they've been passed in a number of states michigan is just mm-hmm. one of how many um i don't have the number in front of me but I it was like it's-, it's like 10 states or something yeah, like that yeah i mean so this is going on all across the country despite the fact uh that there is no medical science to back it up uh the doctors suggest it would force them to lie uh they don't like that option uh, but what else are they concerned about here uh it, it's like I said it's this is not a decision that anybody goes into lightly. Um, and so, you know, that's why I hate using that phrase buyer's remorse, but it almost feels like that's what they're suggesting is possibility here. It's like, a, you know, getting your chance to get your money back after three days after you buy something. Yeah, that's the other um, issue that opponents to the bill have is that it it kind of denies women the right to own their choices. Um, or it makes it seem like women have to second guess what they think is best for themselves. And um, a lot of opponents have issues that the omnibus bill is called the women's right to know because women already have the right to know and they're well informed when they do go in to get the procedure done. Um, And this would be another thing that women would be informed about, but it is just another step to possibly, um, for women to possibly doubt their choice. Yeah. And, and I mean, everything about this, it seems to me is, is intended to, um, guilt somebody here, uh, by saying, well, you have this option, you know, you can always reverse this if you don't like your decision. Oh, by the way, we're going to force you to, you know, we have to tell you or give you the option to see like a fetal heartbeat, uh, you know, evidence that there is, or is not a fetal heartbeat here. And it it seems that it's all designed to get women to doubt what they're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. And so for me, I mean, I understand why that would be, you know, I think it's it's an overreach on the part of government. But, um, you know, you take a look at this. Is there potentially a legal challenge to this that somebody like a Planned Parenthood would bring uh, to oppose a bill like this? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I know that um, uh, Dr. Sarah Wallet did voice some concerns about some privacy issues it would have with her patients. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure about a legal issue there. Okay. So there's no talk of, of trying to challenge this. If indeed the legislature does decide to bring it up. Um, and obviously uh, I have a feeling that we would see a veto on this uh, from, from governor Whitmer, but, uh, and they haven't voted on it yet, even in committee, correct? 
Right. They had a hearing a few weeks ago, I believe earlier this month, but who knows now, um, where they talked about it in the health policy committee in the House. Um, and they had a few testimonies from both sides. And at the end of it, they never voted. So it's still in committee. Okay. So, I mean, and, and you've got a couple of different doctors here. You talked to, again, Dr. Rob Davidson, who called this massive government overreach. I agree mm-hmm. with him on that part. Um, but they really, I mean, they look at it, this is, as the legislature trying to actually get more involved in uh, the relationship between a doctor and a patient, uh, which is already, you know, for all the screaming we're hearing about HIPAA violations and stuff like this, they sure seem to be wanting to get involved in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was his main maybe not his main concern, but he really um, talked quite a bit about that government overreach. And he said uh, in his tenure as a, as a medical professional, he has never seen the, the government step in in the way that they are with this or the way that they're attempting to with this. So, I mean, it's interesting to me, though, that the supporters of this bill are really trying to, you know, phrase this and, and, and as, as a matter of choice here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, this quote at the story, uh, that you have here, I think was something that I, I think people should hear. It said, it's not like we're asking abortion providers to then provide abortion pill reversal procedures just to notify women who choose chemical abortion that there is a procedure available, and then it's up to them if they want to pursue it. So it's about choice. It's really about changing your mind if you want to. But I, I, again, it is not that easy. Um, is it a false choice, potentially? Right, right. I And I, I pressed, I wanted to know where the information was going to be provided from and if they would also have to include the dangers and that there isn't enough um, science backing it right now um, to prove that this is safe or effective for women, because there really is no choice if you don't know if there's dangers with it. That That's not a choice necessarily. Well, but again, they try to study this, but I mean, is this even a procedure that is being done in places yet that we know of? Um, I think I think it has been done. I believe um, Genevieve Marnin, who I talked with from Right to Life, Michigan, I believe she said there were thousands that have um, abortions that have been reversed through this method. Okay, so uh, like I said, I haven't seen a whole lot of studies on that, and I think it would be kind of uh, an interesting thing here. Um, You know, is there anything in here that we can see, uh, especially when it comes to like the the um, prenatal heartbeat stuff uh, that's in this bill? This is not the same thing as what Texas is trying to do with, you know, uh, the prenatal heartbeat thing. But it is forcing doctors to, again, give the person the option. Do you want to see the heartbeat? Do you want to hear the heartbeat if they have evidence of it there? Mm-hmm. Any indication that this is just sort of, uh, you know, leading towards a more Texas style uh, fetal heartbeat bill? Um, it is. It is different. For sure. I think this is more along the lines of, um, and again, this number is from right to life, but about or between five to 20% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. And so I think it's more along the lines of you could find out before you get an abortion if it possibly could end in a miscarriage naturally. Um, and I, I think that's the intent of that part of this bill. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just, you know, I'm looking at it. I didn't read anything in there when I read through the bill, which by the mm-hmm. way, everybody you can do, if you want to know what's going on in these bills, uh, you basically go to legislature.mi.gov, uh, and you can find all the different bills that are out there and what are in them, read the summaries, uh, and everything. Like I said, I didn't see anything that re- that looked like Texas at this point, but it certainly seems as if it's sort of testing the waters there for that kind of a thing. Um, 
you know, and this is obviously the type of stuff that you cover at the Capitol. Uh, are there any other bills out there that people who are involved uh, in this in this um, cause, really, frankly, for for uh, rights uh, that they need to be looking at that uh, are coming forward right now? Yeah, there's a handful of them out there right now. I think we've seen quite probably three, I believe, um, be introduced over the summer that are around reproductive health or abortion rights um, that have come from Republicans and in both the House and I believe the Senate over the summer. Okay, well, we appreciate the fact uh, that you are actually looking at them um, and keeping trabs, uh, track of them so that we know what's happening in the Capitol. Uh, like I said, I have a feeling that this would be vetoed by Governor Whitmer, but um, Right to Life has been known to go the citizen route on a number of occasions in the past, so I wouldn't be shocked if uh, they did that, if indeed they do get uh, vetoed, if this passes. Um, it like I said, no vote yet. And if they were really trying to fast track it, I had a feeling they would have passed it in committee last week. But uh, we shall see. Well, Allison Donahue, uh, thank you for joining us on the program today. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Allison Donahue with MichiganAdvance.com. Again, go to MichiganAdvance.com if you want to know what's going on up there. They cover a lot of great stuff. They have some really good reporters. And they're paying attention to things that a lot of media outlets, frankly, are not. And I always say we focus a lot on Washington, but we really need to focus more on our state houses because that's where the stuff is getting done. And that's where stuff that you might not like is being done. You need to pay attention to it. Thanks, Allison. All right. As we continue this discussion real quick, I, I did want to give you some information uh, about this so-called uh, medication abortion reversal process. Uh, this is from the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. So the ACOG, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they are not a partisan group. They are not one way or the other here. But here's what they say about this. And this is a piece they put out in 2021. So this is recent. The title of this paper is called Facts Are Important. Medication Abortion Reversal is Not Supported by Science. And I want to read this because I think it's important and I want you to hear it. Here's what it starts out. It says, facts are important, especially when discussing the health of women in the American public. Claims regarding abortion reversal treatment are not based on science and do not meet clinical standards. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists ranks its recommendations on the strength of the evidence and does not support prescribing progesterone to stop a medical abortion. Yet politicians are pushing legislation to require physicians to recite a script that a medication abortion can be reversed with doses of progesterone and to steer women to this care. Unfounded legislative mandates represent dangerous political interference and compromise patient care and safety. So they go on to say, what is medication abortion? And I'll read this. Medication abortion is the use of medications rather than surgery to end a pregnancy. The safe and effective evidence-based regimen includes a combination of two drugs, mifepristone taken first and misoprostol taken at a later point. And forgive me if I've mispronounced those names. Mifepristone stops the pregnancy growth by blocking the hormone progesterone. Misoprostol makes the uterus contract to complete the abortion. Medication abortion is more effective when both drugs are used because mifepristone alone will not always cause abortion. In fact, as many as half of women who take only mifepristone continue their pregnancies. And it says mifepristone is not known to cause birth defects. But then they go on to say so-called abortion reversal procedures are unproven and unethical. 
A 2012 case series reported on six women who took mifepristone and were then administered varying progesterone doses. Four continued their pregnancies. This is not scientific evidence that progesterone resulted in the continuation of those pregnancies. The study was not supervised by an institutional review board or an ethical review committee required to protect human research subjects, raising serious questions regarding the ethics and scientific validity of the results. And case series with no control groups are among the weakest forms of medical evidence. And then they go on to say legislative mandates based on unproven, unethical research are dangerous to women's health. Politicians should never mandate treatments or require that physicians tell patients inaccurate information. And again, this is from the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. So clearly, the only study they're looking at is from 2012. So six women who took the mifeprestone and then gave progest- were given progesterone, four of them continued their pregnancies. But as they say... That like 50% of pregnancies, if somebody only takes the one drug but doesn't take the second, like a number of those pregnancies would continue on their own. So there's no evidence to suggest at this point that the progesterone is what caused those pregnancies to continue. So if the procedure works and they do the research and find out indeed that this is something that can be done, that you can indeed reverse this after you've taken the first dose, if somebody wants to Make that choice. That is their choice. They can do that. But doctors should not have to tell them that this is a viable treatment when there is no evidence to suggest that it is at this point. And the legislature, once again, sticking their nose in the medical decisions made by doctors and their patients on this issue, but unwilling to do so on just about anything else, including COVID response. Again, I'm just going to read this line, and this is how I'm going to summarize it. You may disagree with me, but again, Politicians should never mandate treatments or require that physicians tell patients inaccurate information. That's a huge deal. So I wanted you to know that this is going on. I wanted you to know what was happening in Lansing because I think it's important. And knowing what's going on at the state capitol is pretty critical because not enough people pay attention. And again, the Michigan Advance does a great job. There are a number of other publications up there that also do a good job. I, I like to think of, of the Gongwer News Service in Lansing. That's a subscription only, and it costs a little bit more, but they do a great job of covering legislation. But as I said at the beginning of this, you can do your own research on any of these bills that are going on. Read the context of them. Read the contents of these bills yourself. And again, the easy place to go is legislature.mi.gov. And then you can go in there and there will be all the laws, bills, things that are on the calendar, when these things are going to be up for debate, uh, when votes are scheduled, what the bills look like, what the amended bills look like, if they have amendments that are attached to them, and the debate schedule uh, and all that kind of stuff. And also who sponsored them and who did not. Now, again... Sue Aller, who is the sponsor of this bill, she's a Republican from District 106, says that this is going to be bipartisan, but there are 18 co-sponsors, all of them Republicans, not a Democrat on there, just to know, just FYI, so you know where this is coming from. But again, this may not seem like a huge deal, uh, but at the same time, if there's no science to back up what it is they're suggesting doctors have to tell their patients, that seems to me to be a real interference in that communication between doctor and patient. And doctors should not be forced to lie to patients or to suggest to them that an unproven treatment is something that they should pursue. That's not something that most ethical doctors would ever want to deal with. Anyway, just wanted to get you up to date on that one. I appreciate you listening today. Don't forget, 
on Fridays. Every week, we have The Week That Was on Deadline Detroit, which is our weekly roundup of all the news. If you missed it last week, you can always find it at DeadlineDetroit.com. You can find it in my podcast. And again, anywhere you download podcasts is where you can find this. But if you're listening, you already know that. Uh, But if you want to watch the video version of The Week That Was... Again, you can go to DeadlineDetroit.com. You can also go to Deadline Detroit's YouTube page or even um, the Craig Folly Show page on Facebook or my sh- page on Facebook. It shows up there as well. It's a fun show every week. If you like it, do me a favor. Tell your friends about it. Word of mouth is the best, best support that I can get. Subscribe to it, like it, all that good stuff. It all does make a difference. Uh, the numbers, again, continue to go in the right direction. I'm enjoying doing this, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as well. Thanks, everybody. Have a fantastic day. Looking for the latest news and information about our great city of Detroit? Head to DeadlineDetroit.com for one-stop shopping for the most important stories of the day. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in town, providing original reporting, videos, and podcasts that keep you in the know about everything happening in Detroit. Become a member today, and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing for prizes, including gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Go to DeadlineDetroit.com slash membership.